This is the one with the doctor remembering how to heal. Acid reflux. And Amy's almost there. It's called The Almost People. Here Here we go. We're still on our endless voyage. All through time and all through space. With Slavin and Angels now. Dalek, Cybers, Uden, wow! Tennant, Smith and Eccleston. And Capaldi, he's the man. Doctor Who is cool again. That was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new Who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be but Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc Past! I've decided to embrace it. Oh, thank you, Marie. (laughs) Really, all three of you? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be your only host tonight. (laughs) Get away from that box. Episode N080, The Almost People. Mm. I am Drew Back When. Hello, Drew Back When. Tonight, I must put up with three co-hosts. The first, you know him, although he's changed his name recently. What's your name tonight, my friend? I'm going to go with Leon tonight. It's Leon, everybody. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hi, Leon. Hi. Hi, Leon. (laughs) Hello, hello. The host formerly known as Ponkin. To his left is... Jim. Hello, Jim. Hi. You're not going as Ganger Jim this week? Ganger Jim. Ganger Jim. Is that what I was last week? Gangnam Style oh, Jim. The Gangnam Style, week. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see yeah, a dance maybe, though. Maybe we forget that one. Oh. I'm just Jim again. Oh, okay. Oh, the real Jim, the regular Jim. The real Jim. The real Jim is shady. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. And laughing at Jim's fine witticism is... <laughs> just Marie. <laughs> Just, just Marie. Marie. Garden old boring Marie. <laughs> common Marie. Speaking of common old garden, mm-hmm. we've got an episode to review. Hey. We do. <laughs> Shall we get to it? Let's. Oh. Oh. Wait. What just happened? Joy, we, <laughs> we were just hurled headlong into a bee scan. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was your intention. Let's. Time for us to synopsize, slurbify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? Our heroic protagonists are still at a medieval monastery in the 22nd century, where a band of contractors have been digging for super potent subterranean acid. But now the gangers are after them, and to protect themselves from said gangers, they use and control Rory, a rubbery gloop fully equipped with memories, emotions, and clothing. But then the mother of all cliffhangers puts the last few episodes into a whole new viewfinder. Who's real? Who's plastic? Don't worry, the doctor will tell you. But Amy, maybe don't judge him until he's walked a mile in his doppelganger shoes. <laughs> Peace Peace over, you are welcome. Should we maybe point out, as was pointed out to us before we press record, ladies and gents, that today is Drew's 60th episode. My diamond jubilee. Congratulations, we're raising a beaker. What do yes. you get for 80? Commiserations? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're all drinking Krabbies currently, actually. That never happens. I know, we're so coordinated. Yeah. Does anyone have an introductory question? You look like you're <laughs> busting to get one out. <laughs> I have one, but it's not, a, it's not a particularly good one. It's just a mind-boggling one. Ooh. But please, please, anyone, anyone else, anyone else. I feel like Jim's uh, flicking through his notebook there. Nah. Nah. You go ahead, Leon. <laughs> uh, on, let's then. boggle our minds, Leon. Okay, I'm not even going to bother with a verb. Bad boy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad boy. Why? It's not explained. 
It's not explained. No. Are we supposed to think uh, she's got a bit of a kinky side? Her I guess greatest so, yeah. love was a bad boy. Well. I, d- I don't know. Okay, so much for that introductory <laughs> question. <laughs> great, great question there, <laughs> Next. Oh, next. Start. <laughs> Jim? What do we think about the flesh being the Doctor and how easily the Doctor trusts the flesh version of himself? Are we buying it? Well... Wow. I loved every scene in this episode in which there were two doctors. <gasps> yeah, me, me too. too. Yeah, so me too. Much. In fact, right at the end, I just wrote down a list of things I liked, and there's only three things on it, and that's the first one: is any time the doctor interacts with himself. Yeah, and it's it's just a two-hander of a circle jerk, but it's still <laughs> played with real verve and aplomb. I have to agree. I absolutely loved them. They made me think of the twins in Tintin, of the Thompson or Cocteau twins. Yeah. I just picked up the names. <laughs> And I think it's fantastic. It's very appropriate that they are the ones who really get along. Like the the others. Oh, okay. The Scottish chap and his gang, and they get along as well. But well, sometimes, sometimes he's trying to kill him. But oh, but everyone's got a bad day. Only, <laughs> only until he sees himself, and he's like, "Oh no, I don't want to kill you." <laughs> just hypothetically but, um, wants to kill him. But yeah, all the humans are very distrustful of other people that look like them, and the doc's just like, "Ah, who could be better than me?" Yeah, the doctor yeah. keeps insisting on you've got to acknowledge their humanity by taking the example of this Time Lord gang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the only reason he trusts him, right? I mean, he's himself, but he's also a Time Lord, and Time Lords are blatantly better than humans. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Indubitably. Apart from the. But even in the doctor's own mind. Oh, well, whatever, man. <laughs> no, no, obviously, yes. But it's between a rock and a hard place here, right? <laughs> Ooh, do you think that if Ganga Doctor had lived, would he be able to regenerate? Oh. Maybe he's turning into a different melted puddle right now. (laughs) Yeah. I think not. Because that's the thing, he's not not a Time Lord, he just has the memories of a Time Lord. But then the, uh, I can't remember her name now, but sort of the Commander? Cleves. Cleves, Cleves. yes, thank you. Her Ganga also has a blood clot. True. Are we convinced it's a blood clot, or does she just get the symptom... Oh, I don't know. She complains about headaches, but are they going to live forever now? Are they just like gloop that lives forever? There Do they age? Very hand wavy. Oh, they're people now. Yeah, I, I don't really know what. Tardis energy. Yeah, secure all. <laughs> I get that they can't shape. Apart from for uh, clots, you need the onion smelling stuff. Oh yeah. Mm. Sorry, Jim. We talked all over you. Oh, did you? Oh. Oh, um, well, that was it. You'll have to listen to the edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of assume that they're, they're locked in human form, but are they still flesh underneath? Like the first trip to the hospital, are they going to get poked apart and got to go, <laughs> yeah, what the right. frigging hell are you? Well, no. they're never going to go to hospital. Like they're never going to get a cold or anything. What if they get a cut and there's suddenly a lump missing from them? Oh, there's that, obviously. Yeah, you're but right. they have like veins. We saw the veins forming when it was gloop. So they do have like internal bits of human as well. But do they really? Because then they melt to gloop. Yeah. yeah, they don't fall apart, and there's like, oh, here's a liver, here's a kidney. It's just like gloop. Only when they this is a family show <laughs> <laughs> in a splayed across the wall. <laughs> That's a fair point. Mm. Melting like the Nazis. But they have eyeballs. Yes, exactly. That's what Indiana yeah. Jones. Also. <laughs> Imagine if it's like the, the most child-friendly scene, like a, the most child-friendly episode of Doctor Who, and then there's the crescendo where it's just like guts and filth, gore. Mm. Yeah, It'd be fantastic. That is surreal. <laughs> you're aware which show you're doing a podcast for. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Marie, I believe you mentioned eyeballs in passing. I did mention eyeballs. They have eyeballs, because how do we know they have eyeballs? Because they chatter on about how the eyeballs are the last things to die. And, and, and then they end up in a wall. Why? She creates them. Can someone explain that to me? <laughs> what is that about? It's a creepy effect, I guess. Yeah, but why? I think and one I'll- of them is like a, just a proper psycho and just collects all the eyeballs and there's stored like an eyeball art gallery. Is there a scene where one of them, I think it might be Jenny touches the wall like almost yeah, yeah she pokes one of them in the eye is that what she does one of them well, in itself i think so does she <laughs> no i'm pretty sure she created them that's what i thought i thought she sort of planted <gasps> oh, them she, oh, yeah. them she put gloop on the yeah, wall because it's it's just gloop in the first scene what you see with her yeah, poking exactly at the wall right. i completely miss that but that makes more sense so she creates like a corridor of shame that she knows they're gonna walk but through. is that all it is yeah wait hang on I've got two questions. Okay. All right. Number one, how does she create eyes? Does she take eyes and plonk them somewhere? Like, she seems to plant eyes. Mm. Well, they established that they can not procreate, but they can divide. So she creates an entire doppelganger from herself. And this is the prelude to that, where she's creating eyes for some reason. Okay, but can can she see through those eyes as well? I don't know. They're kind of talking like she has a connection to historical gangers like all her previous selves she's well, aware of how they died and how pain they were in but yeah and the doctor's gang can feel that as well there's this sort of weird yeah super flesh temporal well no the field. doctor yeah. the doctor himself feels it oh, more yeah. than the ganger why does the, yeah. that was going to be a question why does the doctor feel it so much more strongly than the actual gangers that's right that's the doctor because he's oh. the only one who gives a shit Oh, sorry. I just talked to have the no, real it, answer. No, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. It just dawned no, on me that was that was the doctor getting it. Yeah. yeah. Up until now, I was like, oh yeah, that's the ganger. But no, no, no. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, dude. Go oh, ahead. I did it. I said it. I said it. <laughs> well said. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that. Okay. So that was going to be a question. Is obviously so. You at that point were fully convinced that that was ganger doctor that was having the overreaction. At yeah. what point did you twig? When Amy became extremist, yeah, because then it turned like it's, it's pretty clear that oh, exactly, yeah, this is going to be the moral of the story, yeah. you know. Which bit exactly? Because wasn't she a bit weird right at the start? She was, but she gets worse and worse and worse. But literally, so. as soon as he says, "You could tell us apart because of our shoes," which I sort of thought she'd already twigged because she definitely looks at their shoes. Yeah. There's a long lingering shot. Yeah, and then um, oh, I didn't hear him say that. I remember seeing the shoes and thinking, oh, "Okay, she's going to be clever and think about no, this later on." But I don't remember him saying they this. completely give it her on a plate. They're like, "Oh, look." My shoes got melted in acid, therefore you can tell I'm the real doctor. Oh, that's um, a little... And yeah. immediately she switches and she's like, don't call me Pond. Why can't I call you Pond? Like, that's a ridiculous thing. At that point, he's just been a normal guy. He hasn't done all the extreme kind of, I'm going to throw you up against a wall and be actually quite violent to you. Yeah. Well, he did is- have a headache at the beginning and he manhandled the doctor a bit. Yeah, but he was transforming... He was stabilising. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Give him a bit of slack. He's just having a little wobble. Yeah. Given that the doctors, they've changed roles at this point, does this mean that the real doctor now knows that he is going to get shot? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because he made yeah. a reference to that at the end. He made <laughs> I, a little sly, um, you're not invited to this death. Yeah. 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 Mm. Which I don't think Amy heard. Mm. Which I... Nor I. No, I can't you. decide if I... <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think she does. I couldn't decide if I quite liked that scene because he has a he has a strange overreaction, but he's talking about the connection with the flesh that he suddenly kind of gets at that point, and he's re- he starts saying why, and he's he's remembering 
all the, the deaths. Mm. But, oh, at the same, yeah. but at the same time, Amy has just told him mm. that she has seen him die. And that's, you kind of, kind of feel that that is bubbling away under the surface in him, even though he's talking about something else. When you look back at it and realize that that was the real doctor. See, I just really hate it because I feel like they made the doctor behave in a way we've never seen him behave. He's never been physically violent. He's, he grabs her by the jacket, like yeah. he pushes yeah. her up against the wall. She says, you're hurting me, stop. And he doesn't. He's never done anything like that to anyone. Like he shouted at her before. He's been quite nasty to her, but he's never been physical. See, I think um, that would make perfect sense if they've also established that the person who's been doppelgangered, yeah. that the original is also psychologically affected by everything but they never established no, the that no one else no. goes oh shit now i can like i have memories of past gangers and stuff like no one has that connection yeah. so but it just feels so sneaky hey, it feels no, like jen has memories of past gangers yeah real jen. Jen. Eyes are real jen. oh no not real jen oh no not real jen no, sorry Finger bongo. so like yeah but then he's a time lord so rules don't apply Oh, but, but that feels wavy. Yeah, yeah exactly that feels too yeah. lazy but yeah it just really feels like they've made this over exaggeration to kind of fool the audience and Amy into thinking that this couldn't possibly be our doctor um, so there's a big reveal at the end and I think it would have been more clever to keep them the same and you would be guessing the whole time yeah, yeah it also um, makes less sense when he's saying Amy how can you be so unfair as to treat me any differently when I'm acting completely out of character exactly yeah and he does it to Rory as well. He does it again when he's waiting for the phone call. He pushes Rory away twice. Oh, but that's to convince the gangers that he's on their side. Yeah. Oh, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, he's buying time. Uh, okay. Oh, at because, the end. Because his very accurate message is terribly inaccurate. <laughs> Come on, Doctor. You travel in a TARDIS through time and space and you can't get a phone call to ring when you want it to. Well, he didn't know exactly... Okay, I don't understand. I hate that scene. How did he know the... when he needed the phone to be, like, how did he program the phone call? Well, he could only guess, and so that's why he had to buy a little bit of time. It's, it's very realistic. In roughly only, one hour. And you get it down to the, you know, the nearest five minutes. We're going to be in a dire situation, and someone's going to need a pep talk, therefore this <laughs> little boy is the one to do it. Okay, another question about that scene. Where is this boy's mother or legal guardian? Because some grown-up should have been around. This kid is on hold for, like, <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> Oh, the most patient five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he would be off playing with his like. And no one else is around. Remote either. control car. Already. Great birthday yeah. you got there, kid. <laughs> exactly. The mother can only put up with five minutes of this overexcited, twitchy, stupid little dance. Oh, and God. he's doing the wee wee dance. Yeah, wee wee dance, opening all the presents. Mummy, mummy, I want to talk to daddy. Right, I'm putting the phone on. And now I'm on the spice. <laughs> <laughs> she is just laid out on the sofa behind him. <laughs> That might explain what happens later when Doc drops Jimmy off, well, Ganga Jimmy, to see little kid on a cliff face oh, yeah. <laughs> with no one else in sight. <laughs> That's so true. Does he not have a parent or guardian with him? No, he lives in a lighthouse by himself. Oh, he's, just, he's just staring off a cliff oh. and then Doc and Jimmy turn up. Oh, dear. <laughs> mm. oh, well. And do we not feel like there's a more important place for Jimmy to be? Like, we're, he sends Cleves and unnamed soldier in to, like, convince the world that gangers are real and, like, should have rights. Jimmy could be there proving that there's a second ganger that is also non-homicidal. And instead he's just like, oh, I'm playing with my boy now. Yeah. But that's like, so the kid is gonna grow up to live a life. I feel like the kid can wait a day. Do you think they... That kid can wait a very long time, evidently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, do you, Jim. Do you think they do keep it as a lie? That's the idea with that one, is he's going to leave a ganger in amongst society without telling anyone. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doc's going to come back in, like, 50 years' time and go, 
No one noticed you weren't aging. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe just humans aren't as intelligent as I thought. Jim, you forget the TARDIS made them real boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was going to invent an anti-aging miracle cream and everyone would like pay millions for it because it's obviously worked on him. You can only do one medical thing a series, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> if it comes in a vial and tastes of... Burnt onions. Burnt onions, that's the one, thank you. <laughs> Which he just handily has to hand. Like, oh, yeah. Exactly where he stood. It's the blood clot vial. Yeah. 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 His medicine cabinet is bigger on the inside, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't go into it very often. Maybe yeah. it's psychic and it just makes whatever you need it to make. Mm. Just gives oh, it to you. Nice. That would be nice. That yeah. would be good. That would be some actual advanced technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm beginning to unthink what I thought earlier about Ganger Time Lord. Maybe he is human. Ooh. Maybe that's why he harps on about being a John Smith. But it's real Doctor that's a John Smith. Yeah, but he knows that's what his Ganger would say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I find Flesh Doctor quite interesting because there's a lot of questions in this of to what the Flesh is because obviously um, Jen can connect to the previous versions and she can do the Create My Clone and stuff. And become but all, a, a monster. But all the others seem to have a closer <laughs> connection to their human counterpart or Time Lord counterpart. Yeah. So, because we were talking last week, is, like, is the Flesh an entity in itself that is made up of all these parts? Still, because but it, Jen's kind of indicating that that is a possibility. I'm not so sure that it is, because Jen is, she's just, like, discarded Jen. That's her identity. She's like, oh, shit, I have all these memories, but no one appreciates me. Now I'm going to be a completely new person. But she's not the flesh. She's not the gloop in the bathtub. It seems like the bathtub gloop relinquishes whatever identity it might have, because it seemed to have when it scanned the Doctor in part one, right? But it seems to relinquish any identity it has Mm. as soon as it takes human form, and then it just becomes a carbon copy. So the gloop Doctor... Ganger Doctor... It's like a copy of the Doctor, right? When, um... And, well, and real Doctor, when they were like, oh, I'm, I'm connected with the flesh, and they're asking why, and then they, there's a point, and they say it wants to divide, like, like cells are dividing. Is that the gloop, the flesh in the bucket wants to divide? Or is that them, like, linking in with Jen, because she wants to divide and conquer? See, so, yeah, I, I think, because I used the phrase it as mm. well. He doesn't talk about they. So maybe it's alive, like, like bacteria is alive. You know, maybe it's organic, but it it's not sentient. Yeah, I think it's kind of two things. I think it can either choose or in the right circumstances becomes a proper clone of whatever thing it's cloned. Okay. But it also can stay this connected entity, which is how the doc knows about the whys and that's how Jen is connecting and making eyes and all this kind of stuff. And she's the flesh. She's the it. But all the other gangers are... Because she's rejecting human form. Because every time they kind of reject humanity or kind of try and rebel against it, because there's a scene right at the beginning where they all look human apart from Jen. And then little Scottish man, what's his name? Wee Jimmy. Wee Jimmy. He's he's just had a moment with other Wee Jimmy and they've bonded over their boy. Wee Jimmy too. Everyone's human and I've got all my (laughs) memories and everyone's good. And then literally a few seconds later, Jen's like, we shall kill them all. And he's like, yeah, sure, that sounds like a great plan. Um, And they all all put their hands (laughs) in. Everyone is so easily convinced. And then the camera pans and they've all turned into like these rubber flesh dummies. And yeah, it's like as soon as you turn your back on humanity, you stop being human. So Jen has decided that humans are bad and therefore she's never fully... 
she's more she's like sucked back into being flesh rather than I see but I, okay so I, I've made a very related note here because exactly there's that one scene they're all together they're locked up in a room whatever that Jimmy even has a coincidental memory of his kid and all that shit yeah yeah but everyone is straining to look human the doctor said in part one try to look human mm. so that you don't scare people so it's it takes effort to look human yeah Jenny's looking like she's a fish or something. Like she looks all soapy. But I don't think that's the natural appearance of the flesh. Hmm. Question really is the latter, the monster Jenny, is that the natural appearance of the flesh? Or is the gloop the natural appearance of the flesh? I think the monster is Jen realizing that she can be whatever the hell she wants to be. And I think it's a very crude Frankenstein moment. I've not read. Frankenstein, but I clarified with Marie on the way over <laughs> that half the point of Frankenstein is that the monster is created in the eyes of those that see it as a monster. And so, although everyone is kind of telling Jen she's not a monster, she's still got the actions that have happened to her predecessors in well, her head. No, because not long before she does transform, Cleve says, I wouldn't want my world to be. Oh, yeah, yes, no, that's right. Yes, it is. It is yeah. actually very much alluded to. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, why suddenly is she a, well, she's like a half Lazarus, half the front, half of a, of a she-lob. What, what is she doing? If she were just a person, she'd be at the door already. Mm. Well, it's just, it's just lazy. They can't have people look just as human and relatable as the rest of the characters if they're also going to be the bad guys. So you have to distinguish them by uglifying them. Because like, it by turns making them... her into like a monster of the week. Like, exactly. Which no is completely... Longer... It would be more effective if she still looked like Jen. If yeah. they never changed. You yeah. know, if they, they looked exactly the same. Or possibly maybe that after a while they can't strain themselves to look perfectly human mm. and you can somehow distinguish them. But... but there's that scene where she's like, I'm stronger now, I'm more powerful, I can do this. And then she kind of like elongates her jaw hours like, yeah what does she do does she eat buzz does she eat him oh i guess Probably. i don't know yeah that reminded me of she a terrible him. smallville episode oh <laughs> CG, same cgi oh, anything that remembers reminds you of smallville can't be it's buzz, buzz, buzz is the one at the end then the ganger that survives and goes into the meeting with cleaves no i think it's dickon Dickon. There's a guy called Dickon. Dickon. And, <laughs> and he you see him as a ganger a few times, but he completely disappears as a human for about 42 minutes. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then rocks up when there's some glory to be when there's a whistle to be but, blown. Okay, so we can't lock this door, we can lock the next door. Oh no, the door's stuck. I guess I'll just close it with myself on the wrong side. Why? 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 Don't look at me like I have an answer. <laughs> I thought you might, Trish. You know? <laughs> like, there's no logic there. There's a reason Dickon doesn't talk much. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the one who's got to go and convince humanity that gangers yeah. are okay. The gangers are doomed. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, Dickon. But then the whole point of the doc coming here is to find out what the flesh means. And, okay, question. What is the whole point of the doc coming here? <laughs> As everyone else interprets it. It's so that he can train the Sonic up correctly. At some point he says the Sonic needs to learn how to distinguish its signal between flesh and humans and then it can zap the flesh. And that's exactly what he does at the end. Because that's, that's kind of what I thought. It's, it's purely so that, well, possibly to do it in a humane way as well. He's, he's deciding maybe, is this some kind of dream state for Amy and she's piloting this body and it's nothing? Or is it a life form? So is, is he doing that as well, do we think? Or, or is it purely just, how do I turn this thing off? 
I think it's <laughs> I think it's the first one because um, he does say like not, given what we've learned about the flesh. I need to do this humanely. Whereas if he thought that she was penitent and it wasn't conscious, then he would have just killed her a long time yeah. ago. But I do. I wonder if was he one hundred percent sure that that's what she was when he went there? I, um, was this him kind of? I would have. I would have loved him to point the Sonic at her. Nothing happened. She goes, <laughs> "What are you doing?" With that? <laughs> uh, nothing. We've got to go somewhere else now. <laughs> well, Space is- Rio. Finally, the answer is definitely there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But this is the thing that I asked about in last week's review, yeah. that, that he alludes to having encountered the flesh in the past, and now maybe he's seeing a, a way of saving them. And I assumed, I didn't remember the cliffhanger of this episode, mm. so I assumed, okay, maybe he remembers that the, whatever it is, 10 million gangers in India, for example, were yeah, treated as slaves yeah. or, or what have you. And that's the group of people he wants to rescue. But in fact, he wants to rescue the ganger who's been with him this entire time. Mm -hmm. I think he absolutely knows that she's been a ganger. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to deal with it. And he doesn't know how to communicate with her and so on. I find the cliffhanger. Should we jump to the cliffhanger? Oh, can we do that? Like, oh my God. (laughs) But like look like looking back cuz even I did remember this cliffhanger. I can't believe you forgot it. Like it's so big. Oh, like it's how enormous. do you not remember that? But even with that knowledge and I've been watching these episodes really carefully and I've been reviewing them and even then I don't I've always bought that it's Amy. <laughs> I've never really looked at her and thought, "Oh, you're not real." Like But it is Amy. I mean, she's just piloting yeah. it. When did she become a ganger? That's a super good question. I don't know. Well, when Madame Eye Patch spirited her away at some point in the timeline and um, made a fleshy... Yeah, but wicker. when does she do that? When do, do we, we see the find first eye patch? Oh, I see. Is it the first episode in the series or when does it happen? I think, I think it's just this series, isn't it? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I think it is probably the first episode. Yeah. Or at least this, the second two parts. Hang on, I'm going to open what's, up the... Yeah, what's the first episode? It's Impossible Astronaut, isn't it? Mm. Oh yeah. But when, when, when would she have been kidnapped? How does it happen? Like even with this foreknowledge, <laughs> I still can't. I can't put it together. I mean, she disappeared for three months between episodes one and two. Did she? Yeah, yes. they're all on the run for months. Oh, they Plenty are. Plenty of opportunity, oh, but it won't true. be that. It'll be something no. cleverer than no. that. I'm feeling that there's already an establishment that they've been like weeks without the Doctor, either at the end of last series or the beginning of this series. That there have been little gaps where they've. They haven't been doing stuff with the Doctor. So oh, this is yes, going to be corrected yes. later on. Well, they've been on, watching it? old Laurel and Hardy films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I bet if we were I to rewatch that. that at the beginning, there would be a hint. Do you think? Maybe. Oh, I think so. Mm. Bing bong. Future Drew Backwen here. Sorry, past Drew Backwen. You're wrong. There's nothing cleverly hinting to be found in that cold open. But what I can tell you is that the first appearance of Eyepatch Lady letterboxing a flat surface is when Amy's exploring the haunted orphanage in Day of the Moon. So even though she gets kidnapped by the silence moments later, she's been kidnapped by that point, and Doc River and team go to all the trouble of staging a sonic slash laser massacre slash rescue just for Amy's ganger, apparently. Bing bong. I did notice in the end of this episode when she's zapped, she's in the same outfit that she is in oh. uh, when they see the Doctor die. Oh, really? When they go and do the picnic. Wait, yeah. hang on. When, when she's in the birthing pod? No, no, no. When when he zaps her, oh, I see. She's wearing the like tartan shirt and whatever trousers. Like I'm sure it's the same outfit. Oh, so I don't know. I'm opening it up. What are you, are you saying? She hasn't link. changed her clothes for seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she has. But I did because I spotted it, and I was like, "Why would you wear that? That's the outfit that you saw your best friend get killed in. Why would you pick that out today? Like, oh, I haven't worn this shirt in a while. <laughs> 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 it's the exact same outfit." 
Is it? Have you got a screenshot? Uh, I, I've got the screenshot from Impossible Astronaut. That's a red tartan, what's it called? What's yeah, this one called again? It's going to be pretty similar. Well, you know, gangers are all about telling the difference. Maybe she had two versions of the shirt and she was like, well, I wore that one, but that doesn't mean I should penalise the other. <laughs> in, in the uh, uh, Impossible Astronauts, just among the screenshots that I took of that, she wears two different tartan shirts. What? Yeah. <laughs> she is Scottish. She... <laughs> So, so are we saying that between the first and the second, she was gangified? Oh, red tartan clearly an indicator of being a fake person. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a theory. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. As the first episode. Wait, hang on. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's definitely the same shirt. <sighs> well spotted. Thanks. There it is. But is it lazy costuming? Or but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it means anything. It's what, just budget cuts. That's what it just, means. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like mm. the sort of complicated irony that the doctor is telling Amy she doesn't know how to tell a ganger from a real one. Mm. When at that moment he has already figured out she's not the real one yeah. and that she is a ganger and she's going, I know who you are. I've been through with, with the terror. Oh, fuck. What, what oh, fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he's there going, no, you haven't. Fake ganger Amy can't even do a Scottish accent. How did people not twig? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's she's said she's flown all over the universe with him and he's done the same, but he actually knows. Mm. And she just thinks she does. It really yeah. pisses me off that his excuse for swapping the shoes. I like it. I like that there's a twist and I like that she is kind of shown to be stupid and she can't tell which one is real and which one is not. But his logic behind it is, oh, we needed to know... What, to just give her an extra hint? Another reason we, to discriminate? We need to know if we are truly the same, and the only way we can know this is through your eyes. So, Amy, <sighs> who, non-biased at all, like, what... <sighs> Why would you trust Amy's opinion on anything? I'm so much less impressed with the whole shoe shtick since you explained that he says it outright. He does say it outright, uh, yeah. That turns it into on the nose. Exactly. If yeah. it was just that lingering look and it was fairly subtle and she'd started treating him differently on her own, yeah. it would have a little bit more weight. But no, he... yeah. There's a similar sort of on-the-nose moment when Ganger Cleves has already figured out what the real Cleves's bad boy password was. And she's achieved the trickery of getting the evac people in. And we all know what's happened. And then she says, it wasn't a lucky guess. I am the same as her. She's just like, you obviously don't <sighs> understand this yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely needless. Yeah. Although I did quite like her saying... Talking about the other, the other what version of her. See how smart I am. That's why I paid the big bucks. Well, mm, the bad boy big bucks. I liked that line, <laughs> and I like Ganga Cleves because she's quite funny. But Human Cleves is not at all, and it really pisses me off how different they are. Like in every way, they're such different people. I think Human Cleves becomes more like Ganga Cleves though. Yeah. Oh, but just right at the end, she just yeah. flips the switch and suddenly she's nice again. And it's like, we have to forget that she was a homicidal maniac. Yeah. Who just... we, we established she was a homicidal maniac yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah. And she's awful for the whole thing. And then right at the end, she's like, oh yeah, I guess we'll be buddies now. But both it's Jimmy's fine. can be both from each five seconds to the next. There's the message of this double parter that we all have homicidal maniacs inside <laughs> us. It's only when we're properly socialised <laughs> that we're actually decent people. Mm. Isn't it that you always think that the... like. The message here is basically the one who looks like a monster in the room is the bad guy and worthy of all of your judgment. And as soon as there's another monster in the room who looks even more monstrous than the than the gangers, then the gangers and the humans gang up on that monster. Yeah. yeah. Right? That must be it. 
Absolutely. That's, that's all I've got. That's good, all I've got. I'm going to retreat now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pithy and concise, and they said it very well. <laughs> Alternatively, don't piss anyone off because they might turn into a monster. Also, yeah. yeah. Equally relevant. <laughs> There's another point that I meant to make 20 minutes ago. Oh, let's hear it. Which is that Amy has incredibly little to say apart from establishing her as a massive apartheid fan. Because Rory, he's realising what the other ganger Jen has done on the other side of the door, and he's being pulled away. And Amy's through the porthole, and she's not saying anything. She just goes, no, at one point. <laughs> and that's it. And she doesn't have any lines except to service that one part of the plot, and it became really noticeable. Mm-hmm. I think I have struggles with Rory in this episode. Like last week, he was, he's kind of like desperate to save Jen for no real reason. But then he, he has some quite good moments when he gets so angry at her for duping him. And he's adamant that they've stepped over a line by locking them up. And he's he's always like, you know, going to bat straight away. It's like, no, come on, we've got to get the best solution out of this. Not one-sided solutions. That's not going to work. Yeah, but he also has some really naff moments. Alum, I'm going to break out the big guns. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. sure you're just trying to flatter me. And now I'm going to flirt oh, with you. She's like, oh, I'm just a weak girl. Yeah. I can't possibly turn this and, thing. Yeah, but that, yeah. Yeah, that was she, <laughs> it's like a honeypot, like, and he falls for yeah. it. He totally falls for it. What's that called? There's a name for this kind of uh, catfishing. Is that it? Is, it? Am I, is that something else? I think that's something completely different. I'm, I'm thinking like sexual... It's like the damsel in distress thing. Like Yeah, but it's like faking being yeah. that in order to... Catfish is probably completely wrong, but like it's a trap, but he takes... A honey, a honey bait thing. Honey, honey pot? No. Is it honey pot? I don't know. You said that five minutes ago. Yeah, is that okay. what it is? <laughs> Fuck it, okay, I'll just cut from that. But he takes the bait. Yeah. So what is his ulterior motive? If he thinks, oh, is she flirting with me? Is that what this he is? Just All right, somebody... I'll indulge. That doesn't think he's a complete moron. All he's had is Amy just going, you're so stupid. Yeah. He's reacting to affection. Yeah. Is what it is. That never happens otherwise. I don't know what to do. He's like, someone's making eyes at me. Oh no, someone's making eyes at me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, she did make eyes, just not for him. (laughs) I don't like how he takes her side and he ends up like tricking the doctor and he's like, aha, we've trapped you in this room now. And uh, fair enough, he doesn't know that she's going to lock the door on them. But why is that his solution to kind of trick the doctor into listening? The doctor wants to listen. He wants to help them anyway. I don't know. I didn't like that Amy uh, yeah, that's pretty... turns on them. Does he at that point know which doctor is the real doctor? Whew, I don't think I don't anybody think so. does. No, because they're all fooled. Because they, yeah. they, yeah, they have the real doctor with them thinking he's the ganger. Yeah. Yeah, okay, no, that's true. So it's not even that, so, yeah. It's not even that. But I will say, I really, I bought his frustration later on when he presumably feels that he has doomed his wife. Yeah. And there's no going back, and he's yeah. not going to be able to get back in time to open the door and, and so on. I think he did a good job of that. Mm. I'm sure, only that. I'm sure he did a great <laughs> job of reacting no, no, no. to Amy just dissolving into fleshy gloop in the TARDIS, and then it got cut. No, do you know? Oh, I, yeah. That's yeah. it. We don't need to know anymore. <laughs> I, I actually really liked the build-up to that scene and when the doc tells him to stand away. And I really thought he wouldn't. I was like, no, this is my wife. I love her. I am never like I will never leave her side. And I thought the doc would have to force him away. But actually he does step back. And Amy, like I think they do both do a really good job of like Amy's so confused and scared. And I don't know. It's quite, yeah, that's quite a powerful scene, I think. I agree. Yeah, I agree I as well. It. Forced. Forced. Yeah. <laughs> 
question, I mean, the answer to this might be the same answer that we said before, but it just dawned on me. When was the first time that we got to see the, she's pregnant, she's not pregnant, she's pregnant, she's not pregnant? Is that also the impossible astronaut? It was a while ago, and I don't think it was quite that. I think it was the impossible was astronaut, because that will be... then they repeated it in the pirate ship. Because that'll be the scene, oh yeah, you're right. So That will be the scene where he figures it out, or he starts to piece yeah. it together anyway. Because cause it's been pissing me off that Amy keeps seeing Eyepatch Woman and has never told the Doctor. And then finally this episode, she does. Yeah. And he completely already knows. He's like... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure yeah they, they say, the two Doctors say breathe in the first scene after the cold open. Yeah. Well, so they said they, breathe last... Well, he said one of them said breathe last week. Yeah. Like, they've known that this is... This is coming, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so and the push, are, yeah. but only when she says so. I love that oh. line. That's oh. a good line. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh my. Oh. That's my this, sec- this second of three things that I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's nice when he gets protective. I think. Yeah. Matt Smith's Doctor. Yeah. Because it is, it makes me think back to the um, the angel tree forest thing. Oh where, yeah. Where he comes back yeah. around and saying, "No, that's not the point. You have to remember." I think he does that kind of thing really well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I want to jump back to what we were talking about earlier. Okay. Because I find it kind of interesting that this double parter in part Ooh. is entirely <laughs> is entirely telling us that the flesh is a life form. It may not be I am not 100% sure if it's what the doctor expected to find. Mm. But it's what we are definitely told by the end of it. And he is championing championing yep. them as a life he form. He wants to protect them. And right at the end it's again we compared last week to um Cold Blood quite a lot. And he does exactly the same. He's like, go in there, be the best of humanity, and you have to convince them. And he is pushing them forward to be equal to humans. But his final act in this episode is yeah. to kill one of them. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I think that's really interesting, yeah. Why does Ganger Amy not deserve yeah. to live? There's, there's no question of, can we have two Amys? Yeah. But the fact that there are doppelgangers in this double feature is just an anomaly, right? That's because of the whole Frankenstein lightning storm thing. Yeah. So in the ganger here is just, it's the forklift that she no, is piloting, but is it not? we've just discovered that there's a pile of like gloopy flesh with eyes that are old discarded gangers that can feel pain and they're screaming why and oh, all yeah. of this. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. You know what else? The other gang has got into the TARDIS and the TARDIS energy made them real people. Oh, it did. See, I still think it just it just stopped them from changing. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, you're No, but doesn't but I mean, but Amy's a real person then. You're right. This could logic. totally be yeah. a Yeah, absolutely. And then we could have an extra companion of sorts. Like, Ganger Amy can help rescue real Amy yeah. later on. And <gasps> we can use yeah. her as a dupe and we can... Yeah, and sub in for... Oh, that'd be great. Oh, and then the Let's three of them hover on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the only thing there is he says they go back to find an early version of the flesh so he knows that Amy's version is a much more advanced version. So maybe they've worked oh, yeah. out these kinks and they don't. Like, her version of the flesh doesn't feel pain when it's disposed of. Oh, and maybe that's why it could be different from the flesh that was made real people by the TARDIS, because yeah. the TARDIS energy is very discerning. Yeah. I still don't think they're real people. I think they're just gloops in they gloop. solid, solid people form. Yeah. yeah. And they can't, they they're, can't turn they're into They're just activated stem cells. Things. It's just like... Yeah. It's brace face. It's like the, hang on, yeah. Th- yeah. let's have a completely super-duper volatile and dangerous <laughs> non-human sob in walking for a bomb. human walking around yeah. regular civilians. 
At least she doesn't have a thermonuclear furnace drive in her chest or anything. But maybe at some point the flesh in her is going to rebel and go, oh, wait, hang on. Or him, Jimmy, what's his face? And go, oh, shit. There are like 10 million of my kind being used for hard labor. Yeah, but what happens if the flesh in Amy rebels? She starts being nice to Rory. (laughs) Yeah. If we had ended up with two Amys and one Rory, then eventually the two Amys would form a couple and like bully <laughs> Rory. And, like, oh, he would end up on his own somewhere. He would just be pulling them along in a... a little rickshaw thing? Yeah. He'd just be pulling them along in a little rickshaw thing. Around and around the TARDIS. Down the endless corridors. A question about the 10 million gangers in India, or everywhere, but the anecdotal mm. 10 million gangers in India. Are there 10 million regular humans in harnesses piloting 10 million gangers or are there also separated gangers doing hard labor pulling rickshaws yeah hmm. i would assume the former because this seems quite a freak it seems like event. this is a fluke yeah but so in a sense they're not sentient but they can feel you keep forgetting but about I the don't, I don't. massive gloop in the corner that can feel but pain. i feel like that also is an anomaly i feel like that's something that you do in in some weird monastery on a stupid <laughs> island somewhere you know what that is that's the aged decomposed daleks that you get at the beginning Ooh. of season nine underneath the surface of scaro in the weird dalek mines mm. or whatever they are do you not remember no they just become just sort of gloop yeah, yeah gloop dripping down the cave walls uh, oh Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, it is. I mean, this came first, but even so, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know what the Doctor would make of Henrietta Lack's bloodlines. Look it up. Wait, what? what? Wait, I have that book on my bookshelf. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. No spoilers, no, no spoilers. spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this after we press pause. Is there an actual sci-fi trope of someone looking down and seeing that they're pregnant? I'm sure I've seen loads of alien abduction things. Yeah, it's called, yeah. It's, it's called the bump jump. The bump jump. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if it isn't, it is now. Yeah, you're right. Mean, alien abduction movies, surely. I think, yeah. I think they did it well. I think that whole reveal of Amy's been here all along and she's pregnant is a good shock. Oh, it's such a good twist. In every, every, yeah. every little bit they add on to it, yeah. I think, works yeah. quite well. But there was part of me going, I think I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I wanted to say 20 or 40 minutes ago when you were castigating Leon for forgetting about the reveal and how he could possibly forget? I had entirely forgotten, but when I saw it again, I remembered just how thrilled I was back in 2011. (laughs) And I felt that same emotion coursing through me again because it is great. I felt it too. (laughs) I knew it was coming, but it's still so good. But yeah, because we were talking about the iPad lady coming in through all of the episodes yeah and you were going oh it just feels a bit contrived she just appears here and there and da, da, da. but now like given what you now know looking back uh, it makes she s- can appear literally anywhere because she's always there like yeah yeah it, i know it makes perfect it sense. does fit in yeah i love it and I it's not it's just, just some so cheesy well. effect and it's yeah. not just like oh well we're looking in through a different dimension or whatever like holy smokes this is amy having a very like just a lucid moment yeah yeah, yeah. oh it's it's so much much oh. better with the explanation and that rarely happens normally they, ex- they explain it and you're like mm, it's it, no it's fantastic enough, but i got yeah. goosebumps on the backs of my eyeballs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the same goes for the wibbly wobbly pregnancy test i, yeah. I could not yeah. for the life of me imagine how they could make that decent yeah and, yeah, and they was. did and they have yeah. they really really did yeah and it's such a good execution yeah 
it's one of those rare things, like you say, where it's done well for a start. But it's it's also it's it's a really simple idea, and it's really easy to get it so badly wrong because it is basically and she's been something else all along and Laura mm. and they woke up you know it's, yeah it was all a dream but the fact that which they, it effectively it is for her yeah. she's now woke up and she's pregnant yeah I think the yeah. fact they managed to pull it off because there is a little twist like you're not seeing it that she she wakes up is more that she wasn't there all along it's, mm. it's just that little twist on it that keeps it simple but still gave them that room to kind of do whatever the hell they wanted like you say they could paste ipad lady anywhere yeah and it would be fine but you yeah. are left through i don't know i wonder if it if it did feel like it was a bit of a stretch if, if they'd done it for a few more episodes would everyone be just, be just going oh fuck off with the ipad lady this, <laughs> this has no context it's just nonsense you know I get, get I, on with what it, is. it was nice i don't think it was in every episode was it i think i think it, it, think it may have been one. it wasn't in the doctor's wife yeah, yeah. was it yeah. not ah yeah because it was filmed out of order we realized but hmm. anyway, was it anyway. but yeah i think maybe that saves it because i think if it was literally every time you'd be like oh her again Ugh. hang on i'm looking it up do we have iron punch lady in uh doctor's wife no no is the answer i'm adamant <laughs> could that be it no that's from this episode is that is oh. that from this episode <laughs> it might i'm quite adamant oh. okay fine <laughs> okay can i ask a question mm-hmm is this the one you should have asked at the beginning? No, oh, whatever. <laughs> that was just the bad boy thing, really. I thought it was a bit silly. Okay, so there is a scene, right, where the doctor, or now actually that I think about it, probably fake doctor, gives the real doctor his sonic. Like he throws it across the room and whatever. Yeah. Right. Puts it in his inside pocket. Mm. Later on, we see that both doctors each have their own Sonic. I was going to say, the Ganger should have a Sonic. And he clearly does. Yeah. Because both of them have it. The Ganger uses it and commits suicide or, you know, mass suicide. Doctor, the real Doctor chucked his yeah, Sonic no. to he, the Ganger in that final him, scene. Him yeah. Back. Yeah. I have a note. Doctor does gives he? his Sonic away. Yeah. Doctor's lost his Sonic at the end of this episode. Wait, wait, wait. But no, he doesn't because there's fake... Oh, wait, wait, but wait, then he Sonic's Amy with a Exactly. Sonic. Yeah. There's a Sonic inside the TARDIS, yeah. which he uses on, on fake Amy. You have more than one Sonic. The guy designed this thing. Wait, so he's just picked up a spare Sonic in the TARDIS? No, okay. I don't think so. So both of them have a Sonic. Ganga has a duplicate Ganga Sonic because everything, your clothing, everything is replicated. So yeah. it replicated the Sonic that was in his pocket. This Sonic is a little different to clothing. Ganga Sonic gave the Sonic to the real Doctor as a like gesture of... I'm going to give you the power. I, I, diplomacy. I'm thinking it's one of two things. Yeah, but at some point he must give it back to him, right? No. Oh, sorry. Ganga, Ganga gives it to Real Doctor because at that point they think it's Real Doctor giving it to Ganga and it's so everybody else knows I trust you implicitly. Here, have my Sonic. This is my, like, power. Yeah. And then Real Doctor gives that duplicate Sonic back to Ganga at the end, which is what he zaps Jen with. Okay, so that would allude to option one, or theory one of mine, which would be, it's basically just a misdirect. Yeah. But theory two is, could, because he does use the Sonic, I think Fake Doctor uses the Sonic to scan people in the room, Mm. and then he gives that Sonic to the Doctor, are they basically collaborating to calibrate (gasps) the Sonic in order to work its magic towards the end of the episode? 
So it gets all the data pools from all the different... Yeah, like, would we be able to see not the entire episode, but much of the episode from the point of view of the Sonic to see, like, where is it, whom does it travel to, what does it do, and whom does it Sonic, and so on, mm. in order to then, in the end... Because I bet you that's the same Sonic that then ends up in the TARDIS. So that it's then collected all this data. It scans some humans, it scans some fake, some gangers, etc. There is definitely a close-up of him putting it into his jacket pocket. Right. I feel like it might be something that they didn't quite pull off because they didn't put enough nods in to make it clear if you were were paying attention. Or I just wasn't paying attention, even though I watched it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Because my impression at that point was like, oh, wait, the fake doctor doesn't have a Sonic. So the real doctor is giving it to him. But as we just discussed, that is the real doctor. We already know that they each have one. So why? It happens again with Wee Jimmy. Wee Jimmy! He gives real Jimmy, gives Ganga Jimmy his wedding ring. And I was like, oh, that's a nice gesture, but aren't you already wearing one? Metal. Oh, like Ganga Jimmy it's not should clothes. Already a... Yeah, but what about buttons and things? Zips? Yeah. Yeah, all the clothes aren't just falling exactly. off. Exactly. I, I think it can clone anything. It can create any material. Just endless <gasps> gold. It's alchemy dust. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> Why can it clone regular clothes, but it can't clone the super expensive and very ineffectual or ineffective acids in the, armor? Because in the they weren't wearing the them when they were... So why not just wear it when you go in, exactly? Well, no, that does make more sense. Or just (laughs) turn the flesh into the acid that we want and just go home early. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) I don't see why the Doctor just can't have a whole bunch of spare Sonics in his TARDIS. And when another Doctor comes along, he hands one out. Sarah Lancashire had a bloody Sonic device and she wasn't a Time Lord or anything. Do you remember when the TARDIS builds a new Sonic for Capaldi, the shitty Sonic that looks Mm. like a mini TARDIS? It bakes that Sonic for like a whole episode. It's not like he's got a spare lying around. That's just the R&D phase. Once you get through that, then you can just roll them off the production line. (laughs) (laughs) I I I guess that does make sense. I definitely feel that there is some TARDIS juggling in this that it means something, but I'm not sure what. Right? Mm. It means the TARDIS is right back to normal is what it means. Ah, she was a woman last week, but she's fine in acid. She's dependable. <laughs> she's dependable and sexy. Yeah. And old. I liked that there was a little nod to last week's episode, actually, with the sexy. Yeah. That's nice. Does anyone remember what the pre-credit sequence is? Because my second note here is just, what a dreadful pre-credit sequence. <laughs> is it the doc? I really enjoyed the pre-credit sequence. What was it? I don't remember what it was. becoming real. And screaming and things. He was screaming out old doctor lines. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Oh, I really liked that bit. But there's something else there that Uh. clearly did not resonate with me and I don't remember what it was. It probably is that he just ends on a scream. After kind of going through all the things to settle down as the doctor, he turns back into doppelganger-looking guy and screams at the camera. Oh, I liked it because the being really intelligent at first and then trailing off into incoherence and madness and repetition made me think fondly of the Dr. Donna. Oh. Oh. Oh, You had to go and ruin it, didn't you? (laughs) I like it a lot less now. (laughs) (laughs) I do quite like all the callbacks to other doctors, though. Reverse the polarity, would you like a jelly baby? One day we'll get back. Yeah, I was wondering if you would know if that was a a real line. The only thing I can think of is Hartnell. I thought at first, like, one day we'll come back. One day I'll come back, is what he tells his granddaughter at the end of uh, uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth. But he says one day we'll get back. Because well, there are two of them race. now. They'll both go. It'll be a laugh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
No, you're right. That makes sense. I love how the doc and Ganger Doc both refer to it as we. We're this, we're that. And it's so harmonious. Uh, yeah, I like it's those so guys. nice. They're just having so much fun. Did you actually like the sound bite of it, Seventh Doctor? Everything else he was just saying as Matt Smith, and then that was actually oh, Tom Baker. The, oh, Tom Baker, the Fourth Doctor. Yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. Yeah, I agree. It didn't know. seem particularly well synced. I think he no. was lunging forward, and it just seemed really plastered on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a, a very nonchalant delivery by Tom Baker. It was like, oh, do you want a jelly baby? <laughs> <laughs> okay, got another question. So this monastery, or possibly the island, is called Saint John's. There's also an episode called The Bells of St. John, mm-hmm. which I don't remember exactly, but Miriam pointed it out when we were watching it, this Is episode. Is that not the, the first night. Clara episode? It might be. I don't know. I think it might be, yeah. I remember the title, but I don't remember the actual episode. His TARDIS has the St. John's Ambulance logo on it in some iterations of the TARDIS. Mm. What's with this St. John's business? The TARDIS has a cloister bell, and there is a bell ringing in this episode, is there not? At one point. Maybe. Aren't they at the top of the tower and there's a bell ringing up there? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure there are. There is, because I just remember thinking, wow, the bells lasted right into the 22nd century. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Last week, there was a giant cockerel. That didn't come back, did it? No, it, was it got blasted. Yeah, it got it blasted. Tsunamied. Got, no. got it. Entirely superfluous. Yeah. Were there any questions last week that we wanted answering and do we feel like they've been answered? I don't know about questions, but my theory last week was shot to shit, mm. wasn't it? Wasn't it, Jen? Both turned out to be gangers. Well, it wouldn't ordinarily make grammatical sense, that sentence. But <laughs> oh. Amy turned out to be a ganger, but I thought that... Yeah. I, I didn't realise the cliffhanger aspect of it, but I did think that... I guess that's the whole point of the episode, or the bit in part one where, like, oh, we were gone, we were out of it for two hours, yeah. who knows what happened, we'll have all the feeble-minded in the audience think that we're all gangers, and I fell for it. <laughs> But, I mean, Rory's not a ganger. It really bothered me when there was the two Jens scene, and that was really good. And then they found real Jen, and Doc's like, there's a heartbeat, she's alive. Oh, no, she died. <laughs> and it's like, no, we've already established Doc can't do CPR, though, so maybe that's yeah. just... What, what is he going to do? He's like, ah, oh, shit, <laughs> she's already gone, too late. <laughs> like a split second ago. No attempt to bring her back. Nope. It's not like I have any control over time. No. And then Buzzer does the thing that every Dalek and Cyberman has ever wanted to do, which is he knocks out the Doctor and just... Oh, yeah. Done and dusted. That's how easy it is. Just smack him back in. It feels like that's such a pathetic, like, oh, I'm going to knock him out for, like, five minutes and then he'll probably come back. Like, what's that going to achieve? What happens when a northerner comes into Doctor Who, he just gets on with it. (laughs) (laughs) At least tie him up or something. I just felt that was unnecessary boss's orders just to clarify i took that as his interpretation of the boss's orders there wasn't a secret discussion we didn't see yeah i think she gave him the wink and he knew what to do right <laughs> he's the bad boy oh. oh shall i tell you another scene that really bothered me yes please when we jimmy is dying okay and doc says oh no the acid's reached his heart yeah how long does that guy talk with acid in his heart like <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like if you had acid on your heart, that's it, it you're kaput, like that we've done. At the very least, you'd be bleeding a little. And are you wasting yeah, your last breath with, oh, I look quite handsome from this angle. Yeah. 
If is, it, is that really what you're... If there's a mirror on. near me when I'm dying and I start talking like that, just pull the plug or whatever, whatever is needed to make it quicker. It also really doesn't work because we've had that kind of dynamic between the two doctors and then any attempt to do the same by any lesser being mm. is just going to fall flat. Yeah. Especially when they're so wildly variable. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. Yeah. Oh, I've got a son. <laughs> Bloodlines. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's a shame humans can't care about anyone but their own nuclear family, isn't it? Yeah. That seems to be another moral of this episode. Yeah. As a species, we really care about why lonely they, little boys on the phone on islands by themselves without grown-up guardians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. sounded really weird, actually. I might got that. That sounds strange. <laughs> but it is a theme through the series so far. It's like child in distress or child left alone. Oh, someone, that's a good point. Someone has to look after them. That is a good point. Oh yeah, wee boys and father figures. Actually, I remember some criticism at the time of not this theme again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does happen a lot. Mm. Actually, wait, hang on. I can only think of the pirate episode. When else? Oh, uh, River, baby River. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're going back further. Yeah, you're right. And on the space whale episode, there's a little girl. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I was thinking of this season, but yeah. No, no, but like in Matt Smith in general, is always like. There's always a kid. A kid. Well, he's a very child-friendly doctor. Yeah. He is. What did you think of the child in general in this episode? Because I, would, I wouldn't mind if you sound-bited... Sound-bit? <laughs> sound-bit. <laughs> Bite that sound. <laughs> the cliffhanger scene. So about 41 minutes in, when we Adam says... <laughs> with just that much joy in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the cliff scene is so much better than any of the recorded message hologram thing, whatever it is. Oh, that, oh, just oh. I, I don't know what they did to that child to make him stand so awkwardly and be so annoying for such a short period of time. They just fed him a whole but, bunch of Ribena and didn't let him have a lube. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, it. <laughs> but he does the same. It's like Daddy's coming home today, and he's like, "Yay, yeah, yay! Where's my daddy?" I mean, I guess in a way, fuck you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was after. Well, that, that, uh, there's that, yeah. But, I guess it's probably what a five-year-old would do if they thought they would be... But you'd be excited. Oh, you'd on, be a, like, yeah. on a video oh, call. coming. You'd either be uh, super excited or you would lose patience. Or right? you'd like, off on, by now. Yeah. Exactly. Kids yeah. aren't famous for their patience, surely. I remember one thing about <laughs> wee Jimmy last week. Our Jimmy, co-host Jimmy, was saying about how he warmed to him immediately. Yes. And I think that's just his accent. That's why they have loads of call centres in Scotland and Newcastle. Because... <laughs> They're really warm, welcoming voices that people just sort of put their trust in. Yeah. So you've been had by a voice. I think I knew that. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out he's a nice guy anyway, so boo sucks to you. (laughs) How is he a nice guy? Just because he's got a kid. Not all parents are nice. Well, at least he's the one that's kind of like... Oh no, this is another life form that has connections to things. But he already knew it was another life form with connections to things. And then he went back on him and betrayed him. They bonded and then he betrayed him. I still want to see the post-credit sequence where he reverts to his homicidal flesh tendencies, elongates his jaw and eats the kid. (laughs) Swallows the kid whole. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they just flip-flop so much. It really pisses me off. They're just like... Oh, I'm like a human. Oh, now I want to kill you all. Oh, but now I've remembered my humanity. Oh, I don't want to kill you again. There's an uglier thing in the room. Let's kill it together. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think what's really annoying about that in this episode is that they have no extra information yeah. that they care about. Nothing because changes. Cleves is being the anti-viewpoint, saying, we don't remember all the previous incarnations of ourselves mm. going through pain. We just, we know that we're here now and the humans have already killed one of us and they're not being particularly nice to us. And then Jen's going... Well, I can hear all these voices going, why? Why the hell have I been subjected to all this pain and suffering? And then she goes, yeah, we, we've got to get the humans because of this. Mm. And they just go, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. She's right, it. we should. Yeah. When we don't argue against Cleves. So I take it that when she says, we don't remember it, because you only see Jen being, yeah. the, being the monster, that those three that are left do not have a memory of being persecuted in that way or being yeah. treated like forklifts. <laughs> And they just go, yeah, fuck it. So if someone has a traumatic experience that makes them into a monster, fuck them. Fuck them, yeah. That's the moral of this story. (laughs) (sighs) There's no moral. Just, oh, wait, wait, wait. But this episode is supposed to be teeming with morals. There's no moral. Why? Uh, Things happened and there was stuff and shenanigans. Uh, Oh. That's a good beast gal. That's a good beast gal. (laughs) That's a quote. It's a direct quote. Oh, right. <laughs> I say, wh- why? Because this episode is supposed to make you think about the fine line between, I don't know, various gradations of humanity that we erect for ourselves and may become more pertinent as future technology develops. And no, it's given us very little to go on. Very The only good example this episode gives is how to be a whistleblower. <laughs> if you grow up... <laughs> As a little kid and you join a big company or a big church or some massive organisation that is doing evil, then you walk right into a room full of journalists and spill the beans. Yep, that's what you do. Why is there a room full of journalists? I was just going to say, are they just waiting on the other side there to go click, 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 click? No one's outside. No. There's no sign on the door like, um, did you survive this crazy massacre? (laughs) Come in here. (laughs) But, I mean, the doc has just whisked them away in the TARDIS. Presumably no one back on Earth is that's where they are or, or wherever they are. Has a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, it's true. They need to establish something that the doc well, is, is put in a call to the rescue team and say, it's all right, I've got this, guys. I sort of took it to, oh, yeah, the rescue team is still on their way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just left hanging around for days going, please. We're, gonna there's, pick, there's we're no trying to pick you up in the courtyard, but all we can see is acid. Bad boy. Mm. Bad boy. <laughs> Wait, we're going to try it anyway. We're landing. Oh, shit. My, my foot. My foot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the press is there for. It's just like, what happened to this rescue expedition? Yeah. And what yeah. did you guys do to the rescue? The rescue clue is obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. The only thing I've got left is just things that irritated me. So oh, okay. Do you want to rattle off a little bit? I just list? rattle off some things. So um, Amy does the hug and hit when she sees Rory. <laughs> Do the hug and hit. Oh. <laughs> She's done this a couple of times. <laughs> Give you a hug because you're alive and I love you. And then she just smacks him. It's like, but I hate you really. That's just foreplay. Why do Cleves and Doc, when they're trying to keep the door shut and there's a massive fuck off monster behind it and they're just casually sat there chatting there nobody's straining against the door it really feels like she should just be able to blast her way through but she can't yeah. even walk down a corridor with speed no yeah. that's true she's turned into the shittest monster <laughs> possible well <laughs> she's gone for scary ambience she hasn't gone for like practicalities <laughs> but then why does it take two of them to like keep her back 
One of them could have. It doesn't even. Actually, you're right. Why doesn't the doctor just stay back and kamikaze the monster? Why don't both of them just run to the TARDIS? Because they can obviously move quicker than she can. Yeah. Yeah. And when they say this door doesn't lock, pointing at the lock, which you assume is broken. Just Sonic it. Yeah, Sonic the bloody lock. Sonic the bloody lock. Job done. (laughs) This is the one moment. That's when the Sonic would have been very fitting. We've got two of them. I think he forgets it. It can lock things. He's so busy breaking into places normally. Oh dear. And then, yeah, Amy's line, you're twice the man I thought you were. No. <laughs> no. No? No. No, all right. I don't remember about when she says that. She, yeah, right at the end, when she realizes there were two of them all along. Oh. That's cheesy, but I like it. Really cheesy. And finally, <laughs> whoever the guy is that survives, you, you gave him a name earlier. What was it? Dickon. Dickon. Oh, I just think of The Secret Garden whenever you say Dickon. That's what the guy's called in that. Anyway. He's played by an actor named Leon. Nice. Yeah, that's the only thing I saw. He has the <laughs> cringiest line. He goes, how can I hate them? I'm one of them now. Oh. Oh. <sighs> I need to write oh, notes about his, del- his delivery is particularly bad it as was, well. It's the delivery. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember there's another one because it made Jim laugh out loud the first time we watched it and I judged him silently. <laughs> um, was, Here we go, Jim. It was the guy going, oh, should have been a postman like my dad. <laughs> yes, oh, that was good. Yeah, I liked it. I wrote it down as a plus. <laughs> in my negative column. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I completely misjudged that. I should have been listening. It is, it's put in as a bit of a kind of like action walking away from the explosion inappropriate in amongst death kind of moment, but I like it anyway. Really? Post doesn't deliver itself in the 22nd century? There's <laughs> <laughs> still postmen. Yeah, and aren't we calling them post people already? Well, you'd hope. Mm. Well, his dad was really a postman. Well, surely. Okay. I'm going to jump on this negative bandwagon as well. Okay. When we had the two doppelganger gens and she kills one of herself and they trip over nothing and flail around and literally go, whoa, 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 <laughs> whilst their arms are <laughs> flailing around in massive cartoon style. Like, I swear there's a banana peel on the floor. That's the only explanation for that reaction. I also kind of hate the laboured tension delay when doppelganger cleaves gives the password and there's just a little pause from the reply of the evac team because you're not quite sure she's got it right and it's like you've just done a two-way conversation without any pauses and then it's just like for fuck's sake <laughs> no we just that is just pretty picky just, right? <laughs> that is very picky Jim. there is a helicopter somewhere going, yeah. oh, oh shit i've got it and the, and and he's like, oh, quick, what was the password? I forgot. Let's just check my notes here. Yeah, uh, no, it, bad boy's it, right. It, it was, it's, okay, so it's not in this continent. Big dick, <laughs> giant turd, bad boy, bad boy. <laughs> Fucking bad boy. They'd actually lost the notebook and they were like, oh, yeah, sounds legit. I don't know. What, what it is, Ooh. is she says bad boy and they put their hands over the microphone and stifle their snick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, no, I'm buying that one. <laughs> I didn't like Jimmy saying, why do we have guns? We're in the army. Oh, I kind of like that. I hated what? the fact that Amy was going like, where's your fucking guns? He doesn't say we're in the army. He says we're on a... He's in an army controlled factory. No, yeah, but, but they're, they're in a they're factory. He says we're in a factory. Why would we have guns? And I think that's a legitimate point. Yeah. And oh, Amy I assumed not... that they were in the army. No, nah, I don't... No, they're civilians. It's established yeah. where the start. Oh, well, I should have watched it twice. The start but of, then... No, it started the first episode. 
But then they go, oh, we don't have guns, but what we do have is acid. And I think it's like, oh, we're going to get a plot together where we use the acid. And then they just don't do anything with the acid either. Oh, mm. yeah. Just don't have a plan. Freaking use the acid. Yeah. The only scene where they use the acid is when the gangers are trying to get into their hiding places quite early in the episode. It's that uh, scene. Yeah. The scene. Oh, that's the same scene. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Actually, what are they doing with, with, with the giant vat when Jimmy gets splashed with the acid in the heart? What are they trying to do there? They're trying to reuse a prop that wasn't designed to look like what we should expect it to look like, I think. Because they're put in a room with a big vat of acid and then they put a yeah. flimsy lid on it. Yeah. And then they're going around, oh no, it's, it's eating through. And it's like, no, you just haven't but, put but, the lid down properly. But what is their end game? <laughs> I think the end game was that They've been locked in a room that they're going to die in. Yeah, to suffocate in there. Oh, okay. So oh, they're just trying to, to, to melt, like, to melt yeah, exactly. in acid when it explodes out yeah. of the... It was all going to start bubbling over. And yeah. Oh, really? Eat everything. I felt like there was like acid or, or gas or whatever coming out from underneath there because they start mm. coughing and... Well, it, oh, so they're just trying to survive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they put the lid down to buy a little bit of time. But I was going to say before, like, why isn't acid a bigger part of it? Like... If you're going to John McClane some kind of, uh, or MacGyver some kind of weapon against the gangers, mm. you can use the acid, man. Yeah. Create a moat. You're in a, you're in a, fucking, yeah. you're in a medieval monastery. Yeah. You, you, you have a moat, man. <laughs> Better yet, just make an acid suit out of the pipes that can contain the acid. You take the pipe, you turn it inside out. Yeah. You put- <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked when Ganga Jimmy was wearing his acid suit sans arms. <laughs> because it doesn't matter if your arms get burnt off. No, it's like, like- if you wear a leather, leather vest. <laughs> Why? Why do the arms come off? It's probably make it easy to get on. No. He looked really weird. So he looked really buff. He did look buff. He looked really scrawny in that. <laughs> he did look I bet he's not that scrawny. He just oh. really looked it in that scene. Oh, um, I kind of liked that it did the previously on flashback of the last episode. And I couldn't remember it happening in the episode. But they show them first entering the monastery and Rory kind of going, ah, shit, something just hit me. And the doc saying it's acid. And how blasé that is. <laughs> and we learned how bad this acid is mm. later yeah. on. And that's the flashback they choose to kind of put into context of this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> hang on, was Rory meant to have lost a limb then or something? Like, <laughs> oh, no, he shakes very vigorously. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> Thus splattering everyone else with acid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and melting bits of Rory. Mm. <laughs> 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 So I have the IMDb trivia page for this episode up, and there are some things that we missed. It's not just Tom Baker's voice, we also hear David Tennant's voice. Oh. Saying, hello, I'm the Doctor. I missed that. Here's a fun one. I'm going to read this straight from IMDb. The monster Jennifer transforms into at the end was created with CGI and a photo of Madonna. <laughs> was used as a reference, as, as in the image, her arms were really sinewy, white, veiny, and fleshy. This is actual trivia. Wow. What? Yeah. And it says, Matthew Graham wanted the creature to have a real face and an alien body. So is it Jen's face or Madonna's face? Or Jen's face with Madonna's it, arms? What is it? I think that's, I think that might be it. Right. That's gr- dreadful. Poor Madonna. Actually, yeah. Maybe I'll cut that. That's, that's a little, okay. Okay. Hang on. Very last bit of trivia on this thing. The original script, so this did not happen, the original script contained a scene where the TARDIS provides the Doctor with another sonic screwdriver. Oh, really? After he had given it to the Flesh Doctor in a similar fashion to the 11th hour. Well, So the TARDIS doesn't 
Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So they just decided to, what, make that more confusing? I do think they tried to do some sonic juggling and, well, they cocked it up. Um, the TARDIS just appears. Where, uh, it doesn't it just from? appear. The Doctor presages it by saying, oh, the roof's about to give way. <laughs> oh, no, look, a TARDIS has fallen through it. Yeah, it. It could be buried monks from a thousand years ago, or it might just be the TARDIS. <laughs> oh, yeah, the catacombs suddenly give way. <laughs> yeah. <No>, that, <laughs> that, that was really ruined by the next week on Doctor yeah. Who and last week's episode, because yeah. that was the bit. That was that, the that, they showed. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see Shit. The second they go into that tunnel bit, you know You're it's like, going to oh, arrive. Oh, is going to yeah. So, shall we jump into ratings? Let's! And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. So I really disliked this episode. <laughs> you surprised me. I don't know if that's come across. But yeah, <laughs> I was watching it just... Kind of really bored and just like, what the heck is going on? And by the end, the only thing I was writing down were things that irritated me. And that's not a great sign. And I think a lot of um, last week we sort of said, oh, you know, what will they do with the next episode? It's a two-parter. How are they going to make it worth another 45 minutes? And I think the answer is that they didn't. Nothing else really happened. They did just run around like it was a crystal maze. But then the payoff is you get the incredible cliffhanger at the end, which was fantastic and I loved and still shocks me now, even though I've seen this episode however many times. Yes, I have quite a low rating in mind, but then I'm going to add on like a whole point for the reveal, probably, because, yeah, why not? So I'm going to give it a... I was going to say a 2.2 and now it seems too high. (laughs) Maybe a 1.8. So oh. without the one point extra, this would have been a 0.8. <laughs> oh dear. Like it really irritated me. Everybody irritated me. <laughs> the, the, do- the two doctors are fantastic and the reveal is fantastic and everything else is really irritating. Interesting. <laughs> right, 1.8 from Marie. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. All right, Drew. Because I was going to say that I really actually quite enjoyed this episode. <laughs> But everything Marie says is correct. Yep. I really loved the ending, the two doctors, as Marie said, and when they're jumping up and down behind the console and sort of oh, badgering so Amy yeah. and finishing each other's sentences and Amy's sentences and, and Matt Smith playing off himself. Oh, it looked so much fun. Or they made it look so much fun. I don't know. And the end as well. Great. We compared this a lot to the Cold Blood Silurian two-parter in the last episode, and that is a very similar thing, where the ending of that two-parter is, guess what? The series arc intrudes and drags it up by a long mm. way. But it was better here because the, the in-episode development would fold so brilliantly into the series arc before you'd had time to formulate a theory as to what was going on. Ah, oh, that was really great. <laughs> I was going to give this a higher rating than the last one. Oh, interesting. Really? Why did you rate the last one? 2.8. And just because you were so bored with this one, this was how bored I was with Cold Blood. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, this is much better. And they did find something to do. But you're right. They are just running between the industrial zone and the medieval zone. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and the futuristic zone when they can spare a budget dime. <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to just go a little bit lower, 2.7. Hmm. 2.7? Oh, interesting. What did you give last week's episode? 2.8. 
Sneaky. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jim, you all right? Should I go? Up to you. I'll go. He's right. scratching his beard like he's got something to say. No, I'm I'm all over the shop with my score. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> we might even just start with a score. Get it out there. Because I think, you know what, I'm going to rate it exactly the same as the first episode. Oh. Which is 3.2, by the way. <laughs> 3.2? Yeah. I actually quite enjoy it. And I think... <laughs> I think there's, there's a lot of fluff in there. Nobody's perfect. Hey, um... <laughs> Oh, yeah, fine. No, fine. sorry, sorry. Got the drag on the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of extra stuff in this episode which doesn't really pay off. And it's mostly the conclusion of the last third of the previous episode being stretched out to 45 minutes or 40 minutes. But then the last five minutes are brilliant. So I was what kind was of. Monster Jen? She's not in the last five, is she? Oh, all right. Last two minutes. If you want to get <laughs> Including credits. Yeah. yeah. And next week's preview. <laughs> There's no preview. Yeah. There's, There's no preview. No preview. Yeah. Yeah. Extra bonus point, surely. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I don't, don't do that. But I think that adds a lot to this episode. And I like that it's not the best two-parter by a long shot, but it's not terrible. And the whole point of it, and they make a strong case for the whole point of it is to do with the big story arc. And I think the payoff for that is worth sitting through a bit of the boring stuff. And I think, as I said last week, they're still playing with the big sci-fi idea of, you know, what is it to be alive and all this kind of stuff and what end should we go to protect other life forms, you know. It's, and we've it's got us talking about it again, that same point. So I, I still think it, it's worth being a kind of average score not a terrible score and i think it gets bumped up 3.2 is fairly above average well no, it would be an average score and then it gets bumped up because of the, okay. the amazing twist at the end mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i do think the payoff is so good if that last couple of minutes was tacked on to the end of a normal 45 minute episode it might have felt too crammed in so maybe it is you need a long build up to it for it to have the impact that it did I think, well, no. you've got, you've got the context. Did you, though? I don't know. But you've had the whole context of what this thing is that Amy has been. They spent two episodes explaining what Amy has been for this entire series, we, yeah. we guess. I think that's worthwhile. Because mm. otherwise it would just be, Amy was some gloop. Oh, okay. And mm. we, we probably wouldn't be talking about it in the same way as such this amazing pull-off that they did. Pull maybe off? Maybe edit, edit out pull-off. <laughs> 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 This this amazing twist that they did, it worked. Yeah, all right. Okay. So, Leon, say oh. things. You've almost convinced me of stuff. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> As in, you've almost convinced me to change my racing. You have a, a big heart, Jim. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Careful I, I, around acid. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with lots of stuff that's been said around this table. First off, I almost 100% agree with both of you, Marie and Drew. Yes! The, the, <laughs> the highlights... <laughs> sorry, Jim, sorry, Jim. So the highlights for me also were the two doctors. The highlight also for me was the two doctors. <laughs> and obviously the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger is, mm. is really what... It's almost as though at the very, very end, when very late in the game, I pieced this together and I had not remembered it. All of a sudden, I reevaluated the entire double feature through that. Like, oh shit, it was worth it just for this one scene. But really, this one scene, I think, and this is now where I unfortunately disagree with you, Jim. I think this could have been tacked on at the end of one episode, not a double feature. I think 
there was so much filler in part one as well that you could have cut all of that and you could have had a very intense and very interesting and profound and morally, you know, surprising single episode. Also, I would add... Jen is not a good enough actress to carry a double part. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. I mean, maybe she's a good actress, but then the directing went completely haywire. Someone told her to be really crazy and maybe inhuman or something. Yeah, I don't okay. know. It's not a good enough role. Yeah. It is interesting, actually, now that I think about it. It's kind of interesting to leave that in the hands of the person who's not playing the leader of the humans. So the leader of the gangers is the one who is almost the most submissive of the humans. Bing bong, future drew back when again. Remember Eldane and Restak in Cold Blood? Eh, you get it, bing bong. Ugh, whatever, I don't, I don't want to dive back into this and <laughs> possibly reevaluate it again. However, I will say, I liked the two Doctors so much, and I like our retro rewrite of let's keep the two Amys so much that wouldn't it have been kind of cool to have those two gangers go off on their own adventure and do like a fake tenant Rose thing? And she right. finally, ha- like, she wouldn't have Rory exactly. dragging along behind her. Exactly. Oh. Isn't the fact that they did it with Tenant and Rose enough to not do it? Oh, maybe. Oh, actually, okay. That, that is also very fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as you were saying, oh, I might give this a 2.2, but actually, uh, like, a whole point of that is just for the cliffhanger. <laughs> In that exact moment, the reason I made that face was because just then I was writing 2.2, of which 0.8 are for the cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's it, yeah. 2.2. Perfect. Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Bing bong, it's me again, future Drew back when, way after the fact, scooping up some notably tardy listener minis, but whenever we get them, we're happy to receive them. So here we go. The first one is from Jim the Fish, the real Jim the Fish, not a gang of Jim the Fish. Jim the Fish begins, why does everyone keep changing their minds? First they want to just live in peace, then it's, we must kill everyone! This flips about 20 times, or about as many times as is necessary to pad out these two episodes. Acid Mines, you do what now? Why? No one ever really seemed to get into why this mine was even here. Who the hell needs acid? Chemists, Jim the Fish. Why? Does it matter? Who knows? TARDIS has made you human, all except Amy. Excellent point, Jim the Fish, because she was connected to the Ganger. But aren't these things human now? Don't they suffer? Wait, Doctor, if you zap the Amy Ganger, won't she die? Quotation marks. I'll just go ahead then, unless she wasn't an independent Ganger like the rest? I don't know. Theories! Thank goodness, Jim the Fish. Let's bring some sense to this. Anyone else notice how Amy is wearing the same shirt throughout season six? That red flannel t-shirt? Oh, yes, Marie. As far as everything is suggesting, there's only one real Amy Pond for basically all of season five. In The Impossible Astronaut, she believes she's pregnant. Then when she goes to the orphanage, she sees the eye patch lady, we can presume that she has been switched. She couldn't have been switched before getting pregnant, so it had to have happened between those two episodes. From that point on, she has been flesh, while the original Amy has been growing her baby somewhere else. Maybe. Thoughts, guys? Random trivia from Wikipedia. Matthew Graham, the writer, wanted the creature to have a real face and an alien body. He was inspired by a drawing in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland that depicted Alice with a long neck. And finally, Jim the Fish summarises, These two stories reminded me of something that Classic Who might have done. Better than Fear Her by a long shot. Yeah, it vaulted that low bar, Jim the Fish, I'll give you that. Hmm, overall rating for this two-parter, 2.8 out of 5. Great rating, Jim the Fish. Jim of the Fishy Persuasion is also looking forward to next week's A Good Man Goes to War. 
aren't we all? Finally, Eyepatch Lady will get a name. Thanks so much, Jim the Fish. The next rating is from Star Wars Sill, etc. Star Wars Sill begins. It was beautiful, amazing, heartbreaking, hopeful for the survivors. And then in one little scene, the Docs undid everything these two episodes were about. The whole point was that melting down people was cruel, wrong, terrible. The eyes asking why, the melted flesh that was in agony. These episodes stressed again and again that a duplicate is a real person. So much effort was put into showing that both Doctors were real. So, the instant the Doctor reveals Amy's flesh, what does he do? He murders her, even when she's whimpering that she's so scared. I feel very strongly about this. If he hadn't done that, these episodes would be very, very high on the list of episodes I love. But the Doctor's decision to just viciously murder an Amy, after we had those heartbreaking scenes with the two dads of the precious kiddo, and the Doctor telling the two survivors to show the world life matters? So what? The Doctor knows the second Amy is just as Amy as the Amy locked away, and he just said that flesh life is just as precious as human, and then in a moment of horrifying hypocrisy, he shows he knows, but just doesn't care. Rating? Hopefully you changed my mind in the past hour, because two episodes minus the last scene? 4.8. With the last scene? Less than zero. Help me, who back when? You're my only hope. Can you make me feel better about this? Uh, sorry, Star Wars Cell. I imagine that we have utterly failed to do anything about that with our Oh, the last two scenes add 0.8 or 1.0 or maybe 10 points. I wish it was Amy just being killed in slow motion for 90 minutes. Apologies. You make excellent points. Why isn't the Doctor explaining to Rory how on earth this behaviour can be justified? If indeed the writers can think of a reason. It's hardly as if they couldn't have made room enough by cutting some padding. I know that final scene would have been complex, but do the necessary job of rewrites to avoid this. For an episode that trades so heavily on moral questions, this is an unforgivable blind spot. I agree. How would the Doctor feel about John Smith being bumped off? How would Rose feel? You can follow Star Wars Sill at Star Wars Sill. That's Star Wars Sill. And the third review is from Tracy from America. She begins with thoughts. There's a lot of really good elements here. Lots of running. I'm feeling an almost tenant-like vibe. I felt like the eyes in the wall were very creepy, but didn't get enough screen or story time. Yes, Tracy, you're exactly right. They should have had more or less and not what they got. And don't look now, but Amy just spilled the beans about Doc dying. The second paragraph is Amy. On first watch, I remember being surprised at the Amy Ganger reveal. This is traumatic and awful and confusing, but now all I can think of is, why didn't the Amy Ganger gain independent sentience when all the others did? Are the later models better equipped to handle solar flares? Yeah, that's a good point. It's just hand-waving, isn't it? There's a grey area. This episode is all about grey areas. Bloody hell, the Ganger gloop is grey in itself. Residing in that vat is a literal pre-sentient, proto-sentient, maybe sentient grey area? My goodness. They really did need to spell this out a little more clearly. Tracy has some themes. Just as we saw in the next Doctor, this episode has one Doctor caring for another not-quite-Doctor. The switcheroo they pull on Amy, and the audience, shows us that the flesh and original versions are essentially the same. In the end, this episode is about facing the monster inside ourselves. The entire time we thought maybe the flesh itself could act maliciously, when really it was our own worst traits coming out under pressure. This is something we find difficult to acknowledge, even when it wears our own face and looks at us from behind our own eyes, sometimes from a wall... Yet, it is our lack of ability to trust, coupled with our willingness to inflict pain, that we must understand. Only then can we actively choose to resist it for a better way. 
Profound Tracy and True. And Tracy ends with a rating. Let's try to care about those different than ourselves, please, because in the end, they are really just the same as ourselves. Yes, indeed, Tracy, they are not animals. You can follow Tracy at Yekartnyartnuf. That's almost fancying Tracy backwards. Well done, Tracy. And Star Wars Sill. And Jim the Fish. Back to the show. Bing bong. That's a very large spread this week. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, thank you so much for listening. Okay, so the next New Who episode is... A Good Man Goes to War. Yeah, he does. Who can wait for that one? Not me. Not me. Let's record it right now. Let's go home and watch it right now. (laughs) Let's not three of the four of us go on holiday. (laughs) Sorry. Like a month. And the next Audio Who review will be The Cannibalists. And the next classic, Leon and Jim? The Time Warrior. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can tell you guys are going to be a great team. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, thank you so much for listening mm. to all four of us tonight. You can follow us on Twitter Ooh. if you're so inclined. Leon? At Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N. Inexplicably. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure something out. I'm at DrewBackWhen, and if you want to contact either Marie or Jim, you can email us at whobackwhen at gmail.com. Yes, you can. Please do. You've been a wonderful audience. Thank you so much for listening. Rock on, and cha-chao. Bye-bye. Toodles. See ya. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hooray! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao. Who back when?